Today, I think the speed of change must accelerate, must. There's, there's all the, you know, the assets in the world to do that. It's, it's not like, oh, you know, the technology is not there or, you know, the money is not there or the customers are not there. No, that's, that's not true. It's all about you and your capacity to innovate. All about you, the team that you have, your willingness to embark on, on transformations and, and, and innovation. Welcome to another episode of Transmissions from Tomorrow, the show that gives you an inside route to the people driving the digital transformation of business and technology in the world of telecommunications. And I'm your host, Des Blanchfield. And today I have the privilege of having Jan Carlson in the studio with me. Hi, Jan. How are you? Very well. How are you, Des? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for catching up with me. I think it's about three or four o'clock at your time there in, uh, in, in Schuster in just out of Stockholm, isn't it? Yes, it is. 3.30. Well, yeah. and it's, uh, it's 1.30 a.m. here in Sydney, and uh, I'm, I'm really <laughs> glad that you could make time to catch up with me. So, Jan. Thanks, Tess. Oh, look, it's great. Look, so, Jan, you're, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you're currently the Vice President and General Manager worldwide for uh, the digital business support systems at uh, Ericsson. That's that... correct. That's my responsibility, yeah. So, um, could you, for folk who, who don't know you yet uh, and who are about to get to know you, could you maybe give us a, a quick couple of minute intro into yourself and, and the role that you currently have and maybe just a, a quick overview of what business support systems are inside Ericsson? Absolutely. So my name is Jan Carlson. I've been uh, with Ericsson for a little bit more than three years. Uh, my first role was in Latin America uh, and I moved to this role in February uh, 2017 and I'm heading up BSS globally, which includes product management, R&D, services, basically end-to-end responsibility for BSS. Um, that's it. it it's it's a, a pretty enormous role. I remember, uh, and I had the privilege to, for folk who don't know, I had the privilege of meeting you in person a couple of weeks ago in Schuster. We had a, a an all-access kind of backstage pass, if you like, to uh, your Ericsson studio, and it was fantastic to meet in person. And uh, we actually did a, a short video interview, and, and through that, it just... It, I was constantly surprised by the breadth and depth of kind of what you've taken on. It's quite a heady challenge, really, isn't it? The, the, the I guess the, the scale of what you've undertaken in, in general as BSS. Absolutely. The uh, <clears throat> if you take BSS, you know what is BSS? BSS stands for Business Support Systems, and it's uh, the IT systems or part of the IT systems in a, in a telco in an operator environment. And you could say, how important is this? Well, it's pretty fundamental because without these systems. Operators don't activate new subscribers. Without these systems, operators don't uh, charge for services. Um, without these systems, um, operators cannot launch new services. So it's um, you could say radio is important and core is important. Of course, it is. You know, it, it's what carries these services. But without these BSS systems, you can't provision and, and um, <coughs> activate new subscribers. So that's important in itself, but these telcos are under an increasing pressure. They've been under pressure for quite some time, and the pressure keeps increasing in terms of becoming more agile, more cost-efficient, and yeah. a fundamental recipe to reach to that cost-efficiency and agility are these BSS systems. So we are kept on our toes to keep innovating, helping these operators uh, in that transformation to more agility, um, 
and of course we're doing that in in uh, you know head-on competition against the, the best out there so yes it's it's uh, you know, sometimes you ask yourself what's what's the why why am i doing this well i'm you know if we're successful we're helping telcos becoming more agile which is uh, a pretty important uh, uh, objective, I would say. Uh, I think it's it's critical. You had a great line that uh, I, I took note of uh, when I got on the plane and listened to our, our video the other day on the way back to Sydney. And uh, you specifically said that essentially BSS is a system that makes monetization possible. And I, I think, you know, as you said, you know, whether it's the network, the radio network, the core network, um, you know, you've got to have that part to actually do the carriage and, and have the infrastructure in place. But at the end of the day, if you, as you said, if you can't onboard clients and if you can't monitor and, and, and log kind of their, their usage and, and calls and data, then nobody gets paid, right? And, the, and you can't run the former. Um, now, the other interesting thing was, uh, and I'd love to get some insight in what this actually looks like. I mean, you're going through a significant digital transformation inside as an organization yourselves across Ericsson as well as juggling that challenge of, of helping your business partners and customers go through that. Uh, what does it even look like? Uh, you know, if you were to take a quick glance in a, in a day in Jan Carlson's life, what's the, what's the balance between uh, the transition internally from, I guess, you know, a, a, a company with a, a pedigree uh, of something like 140 years? I think Ericsson was founded in like 1891 from memory. I mean, there's 140 years of, of history there and, and people know how to do things. What does it look like uh, to sort of face the day where part of the organization's got a long pedigree of various business and technology capabilities, but the other part of the, the business that you're with and also wants to kind of shake off a lot of those shackles and, ha- and, and kind of rewrite the rule book? H- how do you juggle that challenge? I mean, it must just be f- a phenomenal undertaking. It's a super good question. I think um, before joining Ericsson, I was CEO of a, of a software company, a small uh, company originally, and then grew to, to something you know, um, bigger. Um, and uh, you could say a, a big organization like Ericsson is, is uh, not comparable to, uh, to a startup. Well, actually, it is. You know, we compete for the same business. Um, we compete on the same terms. You know, an operator will say, look, Ericsson, what do you have compared to the best of the best, which could be a, a startup or, you know, any 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 uh, any type of com- competitor. And so we are forced to innovate. We're forced to, uh, to uh, drive for new business models, uh, new technologies, uh, new ways of working to uh, churn out code and products faster. And when you look, um, on the one side, you could say, you know, an Ericsson can mobilize so many more resources uh, on a global basis than, than a startup. Absolutely. But uh, as we all know, big is not necessarily beautiful in software development. And um, it's really about being very open-minded to what works, what works better, and um having a very, very open mind um, to uh, to evaluate, you know, constantly try to innovate in order to keep up or ideally, you know, exceed the speed of, of, uh, of the best out there. And uh, so is anything holding, if you take me and my responsibility, holding us back? Not, not really. We have a CTO office. We have... Uh, you know, experts, gurus within uh, different technologies, but it's really up to me and my management team and the organization to take on what's out there um, and and try to drive forward, uh, capitalizing on best practices, 
you know, lessons learned within the company and, and, uh, and uh, find a way to apply it. An example of that is microservices. Um, an example many, many, many years ago was Agile. Ericsson was one of the companies which took on Agile, embraced Agile and rolled it out globally. This is many, many years ago. But uh, now what's happening is the same with, with microservices. How do we do this in, in the best way? So back to your question, I think uh, we, um, we compete you know, based on the same terms and conditions as, as anybody else. And it, it's really be horrible if we became laggard in adopting new technology, became, uh, you know, um, conformist and say, well, it's worked 10 years ago. Let's keep working the same way. That can not work. And the injection of um, people that comes uh, from outside uh, in combination with people with a lot of experience of, you know, ways of working in Ericsson, I think is a, is a pretty good mix. I'm super happy to be here and I'm super happy uh, to see the freedom that uh, and responsibility that comes with that, of course, that uh, we have at applying innovative technologies and, and uh, doing whatever we can with, with the resources that are allocated to us. It, it, it's definitely going to be exciting to jump out of bed and go to work every day. I, I can't imagine what that's like. But uh, what's uh, what's the fix, the fit between uh, how much you take on internally as Ericsson and, and, and yourselves within BSS and how much you, uh, I guess, collaborate with, with others? I mean, there's the, the number of things we saw when we had this uh, wonderful tour behind the scenes as were in the in the Ericsson studio, and we had some great insights around you know, what's happening within cloud and the adoption of things like OpenStack. And just cloud thinking, the challenges of getting a cloud platform to go from sort of a traditional three nines cloud design patterns to five and six nines and the telco requirement. Um, there's probably, I mean, there must be a juggle between how much you take on yourselves and, and are either uh, able to or, or, or desire to take on versus adopting other technologies, whether it's just you know open source and adoption. I know uh, talking to one of your associates, Matt, the other day, and he was talking about, you know, working closely as a code committer and a design uh, uh, partner in the OpenStack community, uh, bringing in a whole bunch of things. You know, as you said, with microservices, a lot of things were being instantiated uh, with a sort of a zero touch so that uh, as triggers were being uh, uh, either activated or kicked off from a microservice or, or something being monitored, things were instantiating by themselves. Uh, what does that juggle look like with how much you need to take on yourselves versus how much you can collaborate with external projects and just leverage those? I think we can uh, we can leverage a lot, a lot. Um, and I think uh, as a developer, am I interested in working with open source? You bet. Am I willing to contribute to open source? You bet. So the fact that we embrace that, we say, look, we're going to shift from one database, a commercial database, to Cassandra. Uh, and by the way, we're going to evaluate that against MongoDB and, and other alternatives. Um Compared to working with you know with the traditional commercial uh, da database technologies, is something that uh, people just love, um, and uh, so our capability to work with them is very big. Our willingness to do that, and the uh, you know the the, the reaction um, from the developer community or the developers within the companies is uh, is just uh, is just fantastic. So if anything, I would say less commercial partners and much more open source. That's the general trend, including us contributing to the open source communities. So if you take Cassandra, we are you know, a big contributor. Uh, we're using Cassandra 
were probably one of the ones uh, that used Cassandra to the utmost in terms of carry grade, those five nines or six nines uh, that you're talking about, low latency, you know, real, real time um, uh, carry grade requirements is 100% is, uh, what, what we're doing. Um, the the other angle is working with other 3PPs, um, third-party vendors, you know, software vendors uh, that are complementing our, our uh, offering. And we have, uh, again, there are great references. We integrated Oracle's CRM recently in, in a project which went live in, um, in uh, Chile. Um, we're working with Pegasystems. We're working with SAP and with our Hybris uh, software. So we are um, very open. And it, it, it's the, the, the name of the game. You know that very well, that you know, we, we're not a monolith that doesn't integrate to others. On the contrary, we have to you know, define this is our position and this is our interfacing, our interworking with others, um, including partners that we, you know, we bring to market together with our own offering. So I think uh, it is it is big. It's not maybe not necessarily something you associate Ericsson to, but uh, engage with us and you will find us uh, fully able to um, to not just talk about how we interface to Salesforce or how we interface to uh, to Oracle, but actually being able to help in in such a, an implementation project. I think I mean many people probably don't know this, but I mean Ericsson's kind of had that. I mean it's I think it's at its at it, at one of its greatest peaks ever now on all the topics you're talking about, and it's so exciting to hear that because I think as you alluded to, many people probably don't look at Ericsson and think about that kind of agile and fluid agility and, and rapid movement. But I mean, it's pretty exciting to not just hear about the adoption of open source, but also you know I guess the the return to it. I think I remember there was a conversation I had with somebody uh, um, I think it was IBM at the time, and they were you know they were talking about the um, work they did on the Linux kernel and how a lot of the uh, folk who are essentially um, the heart and soul of Linux, uh, the actual kernel code base itself, when they got code back from the IBM team who were doing things like porting it to mainframe, they were blown away by the improvements in the code because they'd never really thought about putting it on mainframe because they were x86-centric. And when they saw all the benefits that came back from that code base, they, they had a, a rethink about what it meant to have people like IBM uh, contribute to that code. And I'm sure it's the same with yourselves, that when you take something like OpenStack or Cassandra and you are working with those latency levels, particularly with 5G coming along, uh, where mm. it's in both directions, right? It's not just streaming down now, the sort of in the, the 3 to 3 and 4G and even 4.5, but when you, you apply the, the design pattern for 5G and you give the code back, there are very few people that are in your position to kind of apply that thinking even because not many people are solving those problems outside of your world. But when you do solve the problem, the code gets better and everyone gets that improvement by it. But even in languages, I mean, you know, as early as uh, I think it was 1986 from memory, I mean, uh, you know, Erlang, for example, you know, there was a need yep. for a language for telco yep. space and that performance. And so, you know, a, a bunch of people, I, I think it was Joe Armstrong from memory was the original lead of the development team there created a language that suited telco, you know, and I think it's, yeah. it's, it's at WhatsApp now that's written in it from memory. Um, uh, so, you know, it's, people look back and go, oh, you know, 1986, so what, that's old news. Well, it's still being used for things like WhatsApp, which we all use every day. Um, Absolutely. So that's a heritage that goes way back. Uh, so it's exciting to see that you've got the opportunity to, to take it to the next level. I'm really keen to get some quick insight um, around the experience you had of, you've been with Ericsson a number of years and had some great roles. And, and from memory, I'd, I think you sort of worked with... Um, uh, and you've also had uh, roles around the world from memory, like you've been in Mexico and mm. other areas. Um, mm. So you took a break, you went to a startup. 
could you give us some insight into what that journey was like? Sort of take a break, go and get some fresh air, get some new insights, get your arms around the startup culture and then bring it back. What was that journey like? I think it's a, it's a super good question. So it's, uh, yeah, I spent 10 years in, in Ericsson in various roles, product management. Uh, I got my first line managing job when I was 29 uh, and uh, ended up with uh, an account management role. Uh, these were, you know, the dot-com days. And uh, you can, when you are in a big company like that and, and you see the whole dot-com um, phenomenon uh, happening, um with the headhunters calling and so on, I, yeah, I decided to, to jump ship and, and go to a, to a startup. That company got acquired by um, by Nortel, so I ended up in Nortel for a year, a year and a half. And then I got the opportunity to be uh, CEO of um, another software company, which was founded by people I, I knew. And that is um, probably one of the best decisions I've ever uh, taken. Jumping ship from Ericsson to a startup, I think, was a good decision. Um, this one was just, uh, you know, fantastic. And why is it fantastic? Because uh, I uh, I got to um, join an adventure when we where we created basically something from nothing. Uh, the brains were there. Uh, the fellowship was there, was there if you want. Uh, the, the willingness to risk, the willingness to, to really roll up our sleeves and and, uh, and go for it. And uh, it was super tough, tougher than anything I've ever done before, anything. True, you know, we had no revenue, we had uh, practically no customers, but, uh, but um, so you could say, you know, the roles I had in Ericsson before that with, uh, you know, big budgets, big teams uh, would have been more difficult. But this was, um, you know, one of the most, one of the toughest things uh, I've ever done, and I'm super proud of the, you know, the success that we we built with that company. So I was CEO of that company for 11 years, and we took it from nothing to uh, 300 customers across telco and, and other verticals, uh, gaming, high tech with customers like Adobe, um, 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 transport, etc., and uh, and uh, developed you know new business models combining direct sales with uh, say through partners um and uh yeah if if uh, it sounds crazy but if you haven't tasted the startup world uh you should uh, at least once in your lifetime and uh, and see how how difficult how challenging how inspiring it is many of these i think you and i realize everybody realizes is tough you know many of them fail i was part of a successful one uh but just you know, trying it out is something that is, is really worthwhile. So I stayed there for too long. Uh, after 11 years, uh, I decided, we decided that uh, um, uh, we should let uh, somebody else take over. Uh, so the COO of the company who had started the year before um, was going to take over the reins. Um, I spent roughly six months after leaving uh, that company uh, and joining Ericsson and joining boards, investing in, in uh, a few companies. And then uh, an opportunity came up where uh, Ericsson, somebody I knew, said, Jan, we have a mission for you. Uh, you have uh, three years to double the revenue of this uh, these business lines in a region. Uh, what do you think? And I felt, well, that's the kind of challenge I like. So I said, uh, good, 
yeah, I'm, I'm uh, ready to take, take, take that on. So we moved from Sweden to Latin America and uh, two years into that job, roughly, to uh, a little bit more than two years, I got a call from HQ where they said, hey, we would like you to take over this business line on a global basis. And um, I said, yes. So um, that's where I'm right now. So the maybe the, the the next question then is okay how how does how does this compare and i think when i joined you know this regional job i felt um, very much at home because you have the business the customer in front of you you have the competition next to you um, i felt you know with all the adrenaline and all the pressure you know to deliver results um, uh, in terms of uh, generating sales, but also delivering uh, successful projects. And I felt mm, this is actually, in terms of environment, maybe not that different to what I was used to. Um, and uh, now the job that I have, I feel almost like a CEO. I'm not really a CEO because I don't control the sales part, but uh, the accountability, the responsibility that I have is uh, a big chunk of the uh, responsibility I had as a CEO. So I feel pretty much at home here as well. The, the size of the team is much, much, much bigger. Uh, the business is much bigger than I, I had as a, as a CEO. But I feel um, that the role is actually not that different. Um, and uh, part of the reflection actually is also that you can drive in a big company you can drive real innovation. There's nothing really preventing you. You say, ah, but there are the ways of working and the processes and so on. Yeah, come on. You know, form a management team within the responsibility that you have, the domain that you have responsibility for. You can drive for all the innovation in the world and the results. Typically, when you deliver results, you know, you get maybe uh, even more uh, support and freedom to to try on new innovative things. So uh, the one saying that the startup is by default faster, nimbler than the big company. Yeah, maybe uh, if you execute well. But the big company can also be quite nimble, innovative. It's really you know, based on or dependent on, on the people in charge and you know, people that, um, um, that have been yeah, put in place uh, with those responsibilities and, and the attitude that they're taking or they're taking a you know, rolling up our sleeves and let us look at, you know, whatever we can do, including breaking some rules uh, like a startup would do. Or do you want to take a more conformist uh, attitude? If you take the conformist one, and then uh, you'll probably be slower than uh, the best of your competitors. Yeah. Make sense, Des? Uh, absolutely. I, I had a conversation the other day about this very thing, and uh, somebody asked me about, you know, how do we take our big legacy business and turn it into a startup? I said, well, it's really the difference. It's, it's a mental attitude in many ways. It and is. The, you know, it's like you can either yeah. go out and decide to buy some hiking boots or you can get some sneakers and run. What do you want to do? Exactly. And exactly. I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there. And, and in fact, a thought went through my mind when you were talking about uh, your transition sort of, you know, startup world and, and, and the, the experience you got there. In many ways, for me, um, I see the opportunity. It, 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 I see it the way that I talk about sending my kids of, overseas to travel. You know, our daughter's in Nepal right now. Our son's about to do a trip uh, uh, interstate. And from a very early age, we started sending our kids around. The, you know, they traveled with us, but we also sent them traveling out to visit um, uh, you know, in-laws and 
and grandparents. And every time they'd come back from a trip, they'd be more grown up, more worldly. And I think it's almost like going and, and getting a black belt as a ninja. Uh, you can't really get the black belt until you actually get into battle. And, and startup world, you've got to, as you said, you know, you've got to put it all in line. You've got to take some risks. And sometimes there is blood on the floor, but you pick yourself up, dust yourself off and do it again. I'm really keen. Absolutely. I'm really keen to get you to do something for me. I I, I love doing this with my guests, and I know I did uh, uh, forewarn you. So um, I'd love to hand you a virtual crystal ball and get you to gaze into it for a few minutes. And um, I'm really keen to to sort of get your insights on some of the biggest challenges and disruptions that you're you're kind of meeting now, and and what they would look like in the next twelve to eighteen months, and and maybe even just you know some big ideas and trends that you see coming over the horizon in the next year, a year and a half or so, uh, both. I guess for you personally and professionally, and also what the the business support systems group are doing within Ericsson. Where do you see us in a year and a half, uh, or year to year and a half time? I think the the uh, it's that's very very short term, and you could say uh, in the startup world, you know, it's the next week, the next month that counts. <laughs> uh, but if I have a crystal ball, I'd, I'd I'd like to gaze a little bit further. Please do. And I think Please do. The, yeah, sure. And I, I think if you take a three, four, five year perspective, what will have happened compared to now? I think uh, a few, no, maybe not all, for sure not all, but uh, a few successful telcos will have capitalized on technology which is available. Uh, they will have decided to take some bold moves in terms of transforming that business, uh, say, actually, this is not going to take us you know, to where we need to be. We are going to embark on, uh, on a transformation, on an adventure where we try these new business models, we try these technologies and uh, with uh, probably different setups as well. And they will actually have, we talked about this, uh, you know, the big organization versus uh, the small organization. I think that a few of these will have been able to transform into uh, a nimbler shape, a more agile shape, where they will be able to innovate uh, instead of copying somebody else's business model and saying, actually, this is something that uh, we've found out and it's actually working very, very well. Um, and um, a few probably will look at them admiringly and said, I wish I had done the same. A few will have, will follow, uh, and a few will uh, for sure lead the pack um, in that transformation. Right. And uh, today, I think the speed of change needs, must accelerate, must, there's, there's all the, you know, the assets in the world to do that. It's it's not like, oh, you know, the technology is not there or, you know, the money is not there or the customers are not there. No, that's, that's not true. It's all about you and your capacity to innovate. It's all about you, the team that you have, your willingness to embark on, on transformations and, and, and innovation. And uh, so will it happen in the next 12 months? Yeah, for some. Uh, divisions maybe in these telcos but in the next three five years i think quite a few will have capitalized again on technology which is a combination of it technology you know like cassandra our revenue manager bss technology uh, 5g as an enabling uh, technology all real time super low uh, you know latency um, uh, very high uh, uh, transmission very high speeds uh, and uh, 
yeah, I'm 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 sure that I'm maybe a born optimist, but I'm I'm sure that a few will have succeeded. Maybe even in a 24, 36 month period, not transforming the complete company, but definitely taking a few successful steps in, in the right direction. Um, so uh, that's from a kind of industry Ericsson telco uh, perspective. From me, I wish uh, I'm contributing to that uh, uh, innovation transformation, uh, ideally in Ericsson, maybe somebody else, somewhere else. But I think this, this, uh, the beauty with software, and you know that, given that you code yourself, the power that is there, the capability that you have at your hands, especially as you know, more and more uh, assets are available open source. It's just mind-boggling. It's just unbelievable. Mm. And uh, it's really up to us. You know, just look in the mirror and decide how much am I going to embark on? How much will I, how, how bold will I be in my vision in that, uh, you know, towards transformation compared to where I am right now? It, it is a very exciting time. It, it kind of reminds me of uh, the era that uh, a couple of generations ago, people thought about putting man on the moon. When we think about uh, and, and, you know, I have a lot of people complaining at me. They're like, oh, it's just so exhausting, you know, because I often describe this whole transformation as like a, uh, like a running race, a sprint. And, and the problem we've got is you're having to sprint in multiple lanes all at the same time. It is possible to consider it as an exhausting challenge by the time you think of, you know, just the obvious ones like cloud and big data and analytics and IoT and AI and machine learning, et cetera. And then you throw in sort of 5G and cyber risk and smart cities and autonomous vehicles and blockchain and people just, you know, they start getting breathless. But I think you're absolutely right. It, it's, it's, you know, I think earlier on this uh, now, you just said it, there's a mindset, there's an approach. Uh, and I love the idea of just taking a look in the mirror and asking yourself, you know, which bit do you want to do? Because you can't boil all the ocean yourself, but you can definitely make a big impact. And I absolutely believe totally in exactly what you just said around the, the power that software has. I mean, more than anything, someone like, er someone like Ericsson uh, has to subscribe to the, the whole shift to cloud, the whole shift to, to microservices yeah. API, um, you know, just the whole network function virtualization component. It, you just couldn't physically build networks and, and, and instantiate environments fast enough physically. It would take, exactly. eight, you know, I think Matt said it took like eight or nine months to roll out new capabilities before now you're doing it eight or nine minutes. And, you know, that's just an order of magnitude so much faster. Um, just to quickly wrap up. If, I, if, oh, yep. Sorry. If there's, yeah. If there's just one thing that I learned from the startup days is focus, right. focus. Don't yep. try to develop if you're not uh, in the database business. Don't try to develop a new database. You know, don't try to develop, like you said, a new language. Don't try. Pick your space. Capitalize on these assets that are available. Pick the space that you think here with the assets I have, with the team I have, uh, with the market that is available. This is going to be my space. Don't try to. Oh, the grass is green. I'm going to try to venture into the. No, this is my space. This is, of course, you need to adjust uh, as required. But focus, focus, focus. Um, with focus, with the right team, anything can be done. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's the biggest one of the biggest takeaways. I think it's it's so easy to digress. Oh, I'm successful, and then I'm going to do something else. And what about this? Uh, you know, it's all about focus. This is what I'm good at, with the history, with the assets, with the team I have, uh, and uh, this is what I'm going to do. And with that, you know, anything is possible.
So um, absolutely, yeah. and and I think uh, when we we're talking the other day, I, I threw a line at you that you probably agreed with. And that is that in many ways in this space, done beats perfect, and you kind of have to get a minimum viable product or a version one out the door and make it work, and then yeah. monetize that, yeah. and then build one dot one yeah. and one dot two, right? Because uh, yeah. I think in in the old school of enterprise thinking, it was you know proprietary software version one will run it for five years and it's on lease and we're fine funding that. We've got to get an ROI. These days, it is okay to burn something and move to the next thing if it's going to give you an advantage and if it's going to give Absolutely. you a leg up, right? Well, look, I know that uh, you've got to move to another uh, opportunity to in the studio. So I think with that, we'll wrap up. This has been an amazing conversation and some amazing insights. Uh, I think we've got a week's worth of content to do more shows. So hopefully we'll have the chance to get you back in the studio again. Um, Jan, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great chatting Thanks, with you. And, Thanks a lot, Des. And I look forward to doing it again. Since. So, folks, we're going to wrap it up there. And uh, Jan, uh, Vice President and General Manager of uh, Digital Business Systems Support at Ericsson, uh, dialing in today from uh, Shista, 20 minutes out of Stockholm in Sweden. Thank you so much for your time again. And uh, with that, folks, we'll bid you adieu, and uh, we'll see you next episode. Thanks again, Jan. Talk to you soon. Thanks.